Hello, you're watching the Le Novel Esprit video series on the theology of body. This video is dedicated to audience 70. We are your hosts. I am Jeremy Hossauter. And I'm Guillermo Moreno. So this audience begins the next segment in this chapter that deals with St. Paul's anthropology, his conception of who is man. And in particular, we're interested in a anthropology of the resurrection. And so where JP2 wants to take us is the text of 1 Corinthians 15. Now, JP2 wants us to keep in mind the fact that this account in 1 Corinthians 15 stands within the context of St. Paul's faith, his radical experience and encounter with the risen Christ on his road to Damascus. As we read in the book of Acts, you know, he St. Paul is traveling to Damascus. He's going to go persecute a bunch of Christians. All of a sudden, this dramatic blinding light appears on the road. It blinds him, and Jesus asks him, why are you persecuting me? And that utterly transforms St. Paul. It's this radical experience with the risen Christ that is going to be at the heart of St. Paul's faith. It's this encounter with the resurrection the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, something to keep in mind now is 1 Corinthians is St. Paul's reply to those who reject the resurrection of the body. We have to keep in mind, um, first, the ancient Greeks, right? The Greeks did not accept this idea of a resurrection. And in fact, when St. Paul was in Athens, the book of Acts tells us, in fact, that a lot of the Greeks just simply laughed at him when he preached about the resurrection. And so Greek philosophy in, in its major forms rejected the resurrection. We're talking Platonism, those who followed Plato, the Neopythagorean school, the Stoics, the Epicureans, all these different groups, they did not accept this idea of a resurrection. Now, of course, we talked about the resurrection already with Christ when he appealed to the old covenant and God's love in his reply to the Sadducees. And what St. Paul is going to do is appeal to the reality and the truth of Jesus' resurrection as the foundation of our faith. And so we have this lovely quote. Um, Guillermo, could you read the verse for us, please? Yes. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain, and also your faith is in vain. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. The so, word of the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Guillermo. Yep. So quite literally... The entirety of the Christian faith is vain if Jesus was not resurrected. The resurrection stands at the center of the drama of the Christian faith. 
Um, Guillermo, did you have anything you want to add at this point? Not at this point. Okay. We'll continue on then. So, the resurrection of Christ is the final and the fullest self-revelation of God being the God of the living and not of the dead. Remember, this is something that Jesus appealed to back in the Gospel of Matthew when he referred us to the beginning. In Exodus, we are we hear that I am the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham. When Moses asked, Who who is who are you? And God says, I am the God of the living and not of the dead. So the resurrection of Christ, this is God's answer to the inevitability of death. So Adam and Eve, when they sinned against God, they introduced death. Christ's resurrection is precisely victory over death. Death has now become vanquished through Christ's resurrection. And so the resurrection of Jesus begins a eschatological fulfillment where everything is returned and subjected to God. And we have another um, verse from 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, Guillermo, can you do us the honors, please? Mm-hmm. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised full of power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised the spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus, it is written that the first man, Adam, became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The word of the Lord. Well, thank you, Guillermo. Mm-hmm. There's so much packed into this single verse of 1 Corinthians 15. That was um, verse 26. And we are going to be teasing out several of the themes over the next couple of audiences. So, just some general comments about 1 Corinthians 15. First, that it is simply a synthesis of St. Paul's anthropology in light of Jesus' resurrection. And given that, it is, of course, going to be consistent with the gospel accounts, but it's going to give more development, like the verse that Guillermo had just read before, talking about full of power, perishable and perishable. This is giving us a lot more information about the resurrected body than you will find in the accounts in the synoptic gospels now this perspective that saint paul writes it's a eschatological one so it's looking at the last things it's looking at the reality of what is man's final end what what is man's eternal destiny and is 
eschatological perspective is based on faith and the fact that Jesus Christ ro rose from the dead. And even though you have this kind of future orientation to something that's going to happen in the future, namely our death and then the resurrection, there is still a reference to the beginning, to Adam and Eve, and also to historical man, us now, because Adam and Eve sinned, and we are now heirs of original sin. That's our situation. And so the body of historical man, in that verse we just read a few moments ago, this body is explained as something that's perishable, it's weak, natural, it's in dishonor. Incubescence, death, original sin have done that to the human body. And so the recipient of St. Paul's message now comes face to face with the new Adam, the last Adam, Jesus Christ. You have the first Adam who gave us this body that is perishable. And now you get the last Adam, Jesus Christ, that's going to give you a spiritual body instead of a natural one, one that is imperishable. And so this directs us towards our eschatological fulfillment that is found in the resurrection. And so you get a... You get a forward-looking and backwards-looking perspective. Forwards to the resurrection, backwards to the beginning. Forwards to the last Adam, back to the first Adam. And so you get a synthesis here about what Christ's message concerning the beginning, the history status of historical man with his heart and concupiscent desire and then you have the fulfillment of man and human nature with the resurrection um guillermo do you have anything you'd like to add on i just want to uh highlight the distinction between redemption and resurrection there there's clearly a, a distinction between the two but The, the the i it's at the tip of my tongue i can't quite um i'd like to elaborate on that but the emphasis is just what i can point out right now the distinction between the two things we can't have one without the other we cannot that's one thing i yeah i do want to express as well um i think that just taking that and highlighting the terminology that Paul is using, he's he's saying the first Adam and the last Adam. He's stressing, look, here's what uh, our first, um, uh, what our, for lack of other words, mediator did that affected the rest of us, the rest of us who this person represented, sin and death. Well, redemption is a result of the last Adam, what the last Adam did. And that last Adam being Christ. And who is Christ? He's the mediator between God and man. 
And the resurrection is the fulfillment of that. Like the resurrection was the the end game. To it is, uh, the end in and of itself. And the redemption is the result of what the last Adam. Not analogous. Not 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 in juxtaposition either. Well, I don't know if juxtaposition is the right way to put it. But in contrast, thank you. In contrast to what the first Adam did, like it's all connected. That's something that I want to stress that Paul is highlighting himself. Yeah, thank you, Guillermo. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. that. That is good things to think about. Yes. How you have redemption and resurrection and how that is um, interconnected between this typology of last okay. Adam and first Adam. Yeah. Thank you for that, Gamble. Absolutely. All right. So, just some concluding remarks on historical man. So, Paul's synthesis recalls the truth about creation. Historical man is a is the man of original sin. He is the man of slavery, corruption, a perishable body that is held in dishonor. And because of this situation, St. Paul teaches in Romans 8 that all of creation suffers because of this sin. All of creation is subjected. So man's sin it, though it's something interior because it's something that is affecting the heart of man because he when he has concupiscent desire that is affecting him right and the core of his personal being that's something inter interior but original sin is also something cosmic saint paul again in romans 8 describes creation as something that groans and labor pains with the hope for the new man that is the man of the resurrection the man that is redeemed by Jesus Christ so JP2 is bringing us bringing us to the text of Romans 8 a little bit here to emphasize that the resurrection for St. Paul is both a interior and cosmic, has a cosmic dimension. And lastly, we can also point out that the historical man, his body, even though it is a body of slavery and corruption, is also a sign for hope. And this hope indicates the presence of the mystery of redemption. Man can break out of slavery because man in his heart can receive the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And so redemption can begin to work within his soul. And so man, even though he is in this situation of being a slave, being corrupted due to original sin, he is redeemable because of Christ's resurrection. Um, Yermo, did you have any concluding thoughts you wanted to share with us? I do not. Okay. 
in that case, thank you for watching our video. Thank you for listening. Um, if you've been enjoying our content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can check out our website with all of our articles we have at Um All the links we have is in our description for our um, podcasts and videos we also have of course our youtube channel and we have social media on several platforms if you go to laynovellespreet.com slash subscribe you can find all that information where we distribute this podcast or things like our facebook and twitter and i also want to mention that we are also publishing several books um, I have a couple books published, and we one is on the morality of marijuana. I know that's a particularly troubling topic, and we also have several books of saints that are now um, also published. Um, Guillermo, is there anything else we need to add? Um, the only thing I th- I could think of, and it's um. Well, it is under this podcast, but our other podcast series uh, where we talk about all sorts of other topics, uh, including things like uh, pop culture, including things like, uh, I don't know if modern events is the right way to put it, but um, anything that is pressing in our times, you know, in our day, in our culture, and we address it from a uh, Catholic personalist perspective. So our other uh, podcast series is what I wanted to mention. All right. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. Yep. Um, anything else? Um, uh, I, mm, no. Okay. Um, in that case, then, we want to ask for your prayers to help us with our um, pursuits and mm-hmm. research. <laughs> Other than that, uh, we'll say goodbye and see you next time. Bye, everyone. God bless.